AM 630 The Word is proud to feature our Church of the Week. Our desire is that you will get to know the pastors and churches in our community and find a church you and your family can call home. Here's the host of our AM 630 The Word Church of the Week program, Director of Ministry Development, Marcus Burgos. Thank you and welcome once again to AM 630 The Word Church of the Week program. You know, I say this every week. I enjoy the pastors and preachers that they travel the globe and they share the word and they go all over the place preaching the gospel. But there's a special place in my heart for those men and women that they stay local. They preach and they stay home. They stay in this city and they're called to this very city. And I thank God for them. And I have a couple of gentlemen here that are called to this city. But before I go there, I want to I want to share with you a little something that that I was reading just today as as we are getting into a place where our voices will be heard. Our voice should be heard. And, and we're there today. And there was a, a Roman officer in in the book of Acts. And it's uh, it's found in Acts chapter seven. And Jesus is one of the two people that Jesus was so impressed with. Because he tells Jesus, he says, Jesus, you don't need, you don't need to come. I, I'm not even worthy to go out and meet you. And he tells Jesus, just say the word. Just say the word and, and, and something's going to happen. Just say the word and there'll be transformation. Just say the word, there'll be healing. Just say the word. His faith was so strong that he believed that, that, the, that the word of God could make an impact and a change in his life. Now, Jesus was impressed with him, not only because of of what he said, the testimony he gave, but because he built a house. He built a synagogue. He built a place of worship. And when his servants came to Jesus, he says, if anybody that is not a Jew should be should find some favor, it should be this guy, this Roman, this Roman officer, because he has built a, a place of worship in this city. And I want to challenge you today. My, my question to you today is, will your voice be heard? The Roman soldier said, just speak the word. And I'm here to tell you, speak the word. Share what your faith is. Do, do and live your life outside of church. Live it with, with bold faith. And go out there and make sure everybody knows what you believe. You believe in, in a God that heals. You believe in, in a righteous God. You, you believe in, in, in life. You believe in, in what the Bible says. So I want to challenge you today. Let's do that. And like I was saying earlier, we're here and I'm joined uh, with, uh, with two men, two men of God that are, that are in this city, that are called to this city. And uh, I'll start with, with Mr. none other than Mr. Warren Beamer. Uh, so, Warren, welcome to AM630, The Word, Church of the Week Studios. God bless you, man. It's been so, been so long to try to get you in here. Brother Marcus, it's so good to be with you. It's good to be in this place with this house, man. We love this station. We love what y'all do. So it's my honor, brother, to be in the place today, brother. We are also joined by, uh, I, don't, I don't want to call him a sidekick because he is a presence all by himself, uh, <laughs> Mr. David Vigil. <laughs> Brother, thank you for coming up to the studios and being part of this interview. Blessings to you, Marcos. It's great to be here. Uh, we're honored, and thank you for everything that you do for our city, and thank you for everything that you do for the body of Christ. Amen. Warren, tell me a little bit about, about the church, about where you're at, where you're ministering. Uh, where, where, is your, where is your church, Warren? Talk to me a little bit about that. Our church is right up I-10, uh, right at Fair Oaks Parkway in I-10, on the way to Bernie, westbound 
if, if you're it's on the eastbound side of interstate, there's a massive yellow cross, about 80 feet tall. You cannot miss it. It's right past, past uh, Flagstop Cafe. Uh, just a small little church right there. We have a blast. We love God and we love people as out loud as we can. It doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, what you do, what your background is, what you dress like, look like, talk like, sound like. We just have a good time loving people and loving Jesus. Man, Warren, you you are you are a voice of this city for for uh, for many years. Praise God. You have you have been here. You've paid your dues. And uh, many, many people know you. I haven't had this is the first time that I've got you on the air with me. And so um, I, I thank God for that. But you know what? You have you you know what's going on in this city. Could you could I put you on the spot early mm -hmm. in this program? And just could you share something from your heart that you feel for for this very city, for the city that you've been in for so many years? You, how long have you been here? Twenty three years. Twenty three years. So you know what's going on, what's moving, what's shaking, what what is going on in this city? What has God put in your heart? For this time, I think this is a really, really important time for the church to make its identity established, just to be known. Our city was founded on missions, founded on Christ, basically, and who it was. But so much of our city has leaned towards um, towards liberal ideas and liberal concepts and liberal precepts, and it's gotten away from the church being its foundation, its grounding, its background, its decision point, and it's gone on to a lot of other ideals of trying to be progressive and leave the church behind. And it is so time for the church to stand up and be what it's supposed to be, to get off its butt and step forward and make its presence known. Now, it doesn't have to be with protesting or or signs, man, it can just be straight out with the love of Jesus Christ, yes. walking out, loving people, reaching people where they are, caring about people uh, in whatever efforts you can do. I don't care what church it is in this city, how big you are or small you are, you can make some impact. You can make some, so, some, some connection with the community around you. That's been the biggest thing that we've tried to do here in San Antonio over the last 23 years. It's just been loving people. Yeah. It literally has. Brother Marcus, when I first came here, I was a youth pastor. <clears throat> and I was at a substantially pr pretty large church I was at here when I was youth pastor, and I met so many other young youth pastors at churches that didn't have a lot, and all I wanted to do was just bless them, see them encouraged, see them put in a place where they could do more, they could be made stronger, and in my impact zone was my young people there at that church, and then the youth pastors that I could gather around me. That was my impact zone, and I just wanted to love them. And I've, I've, we saw that happen. We saw others built, reached, poured into. Uh, God do things through them, giving them resources, helping them put stuff together. But that was my place that I knew I could impact and I could reach out to. And you know that's grown in other ways now. Mm -hmm. Now that we we have a church in San Antonio, I'm not a I'm not a past, I'm not a youth pastor, but I'm I'm a pastor, and it's it's really a lot more david and i what we do around the city and connecting and loving on pastors and bringing them together is is seeing them encouraged built up seeing them put in places where they have a voice where they're where, where they have communion together with people where they have a fellowship where we're together their voices combined can really make an impact and and it's it's what i think is supposed to be happening in the city it's time for us to get up have an identity it's time for i mean david's got a crazy history mm -hmm. of where he's been in the church i've got a crazy history where i've been and we've got all these young millennials coming up and young churches coming up that that, that don't haven't seen some of the things we did in the past right. and and i just don't think it's supposed to be that they start over 
Right. I, I, it wasn't supposed to be that Elisha started over. Elisha was supposed to take the double portion of Elijah and run. So they're supposed to, we're, we're supposed to offer ourselves, man, not be some big overlord, but offer. Here's what I got. Here's who I am. Get on my shoulders. Get on any, anything that I got yours. Now take off and run and be more than I am. Be greater than I am. And that's the aspect that's supposed to take over in the church. God spoke something to me. About 10 years ago when I left that larger church and I said, God, what do I do? I said, God, there's so many young youth pastors out there to pour into. What do I do? And he said, he said to me, son, he said, son, my word's true. You can't put new wine into old wineskins. But I never said you couldn't put old wine into new wineskins. Mm. And I said, wow, God, what's that mean? Mm. He said, son, the old wine that I've had in you and other leaders just like that for the years, the old wine that I fermented and I've showed with age and strength and miracles and testimony, it's time to gather those people and pour that old wine into the new wine skins that are coming up. Yes. So that they have what you have and them. They're more than you. They go farther than you and they reach more in this coming generation. That, that's being established right now, Marcus. Yes. That's what's got to run. You, you know, you, you mentioned that, that old and new, and, and I grew up in church. I'm a PK. I tell people I was born in the third, in the third pew. Come on. You know, because I don't, I don't know what it is to be in the world, like we say. Uh, and, and, I, and I realized and I recognized that same thing. Uh, we, we grew up and we, th and we think, or, you know, we're the, we're the new generation. We, gotta, we have to leave all the old behind. When, you know who taught us how to pray? Our grandparents taught us how to pray. It was Come that on, old school that taught us how to pray, how to fast, how to get into God's presence, how to, when, when the baby's fever didn't break and Tylenol couldn't do it, prayer did. You know, so there's something to be said about that old school. And we should not be so quick to lay it aside and say, you know what, I got to I got to sing only fast or, that, or this type or or now, you know, I got to go to church with uh, with skinny jeans, you know, but but all, all that stuff doesn't matter. It, right. it's, it's secondary. But if we pray, if we bring over those some of those old school principles and add it to what we're doing today, you know, and, and, and using Facebook and using all the technology and using that, it will make a difference. And we will be able to not only bridge that gap from the old and the new, but I love what you said, that Elisha was not supposed to start all over again. Right. Our children, our right. youth leaders, our, this new generation should have shoulders to stand on. That's right. And so, David, talk, talk to me a little bit about, you know, we talked about with, with Pastor Warren about his, his, his crazy background, and you have, you have uh, some background of your own. And so tell me a little bit about how you see this city and what needs to happen here. Well, I've been in San Antonio now for right at 20 years. I was originally traveling for Nancy Reagan for her Just Say No program, uh, back in the uh, late 80s, and uh, when I traveled through this town, I spent two days here. I was doing my, what we call Just Say No program here, and I got to spend the night. It was very few cities that I would actually spend two days in, and San Antonio was one of them. But during those two days, I really felt like God had put something special in my heart, and, and about a dozen years later, he moved on me to move to this city, and uh, like Warren w was mentioning earlier, this city was established as a series of five missions with the sole purpose of bringing the gospel into the new world. And 
when God began to minister to my heart about what he wanted me to do, it was completely different. I, I as well was a youth pastor. I had a youth ministry that grew to over 3,000 kids as a result of one of my young people being sacrificed by some Satanists. That's a long story. I won't get into that. But God used that horrible tragedy to um, really glorify his His kingdom. And uh, so when I moved here, I moved here with a different perspective uh, didn't want to do what I had always done. I wanted to see what God had in the future, not in the past. I didn't want to look back, but I had to understand the history of the city. And so what, what we began to do is just begin to research, God, what are you doing? What are you doing in every aspect? How are you wanting to move in this city, whether it be through revival, whether it be through politics, whether it be through the church, however you want to move, God, we want to know exactly what your will is for the city of San Antonio, because you establish this city for a purpose to initiate revival throughout America. Well, what, what, I'm, what I'm hearing from the both of you, and I don't want to sound weird or super mystical, uh, but there is, uh, in, in the both of you, uh, there is kind of a, an apostolic, you know, because the apostolic is not very, is not very uh, egotistical. It is about serving. It is about giving. It is about that next generation. And I think what, what you guys are talking about uh, has that tone, has that flavor to it. And so uh, that, that's what I see. And, and, we're, and we're in this tall building on the 12th floor. And, you know, and I, oh, I have always seen the radio as a gate uh, into the city uh, and, and having the, the ears of the, of the city and, and, and of the church of San Antonio. And here we are. Uh, what, what would you say, Warren, what would you say, Pastor Warren, that could challenge our, our church today, that would challenge us to perhaps, like you, like you say, get up, get up out of the pew. You know, we're, we're not just here just to put people in, in, in the church, but to get out and love somebody. How, how would you challenge somebody today that's listening? They're just driving down 410, 21, 1604. How would, how would you challenge them today uh, to, to get up and use the resources that are in this city, the men, the women of God that are already here? How would you, how would you challenge that? I, I would say this on, on the first part, that what you're supposed to use is already in you. Uh-huh. I mean, the, day, the story that David just referenced about where his youth group became 3,000 kids is one of the most powerful stories you're ever going to hear. And there's so many youth pastors that need to hear his story. The hell he went through in the process of walking through that, walking out of it and other things is something that just looking at him, you wouldn't know what this man's been through. But when you understand what he's been through, the people that he's walked with, all those different things... Inside David is this unbelievable set of testimonies that would set on fire any youth pastor in this city. He doesn't have to have everything else that he's got, just what's in him. It's the same way in in, in you, Marcus. I mean, you're talking about that you you were born on on the third pew. What you experienced in that part growing up, what God put in, there's this dynamic that we see as pastor's kids, as people in that line, in that run, that we can understand things in 
a certain way, but he's put something in you that all you've got to do to start walking in that almost apostolic nature of raising up other people is just let out what's inside of you. Yes. What's in me is the same way. There's testimony of of God doing miracles, of, of places that I've gotten to preach or been at the preachings of somebody else speaking, and God moved in unbelievable ways where we saw God do miraculous, crazy, incredible things. It's not something extra I have to add on. I just have to open my mouth and let out what's inside of me. I just have to be that and, and run in that and let that do the deal. If, if so many people driving in their car right now, you think you've got to go to college. Mm. You think you've got to get this degree, that degree. All you got to do is open your mouth and share your experiences. All you got to do is start testifying of what God's been in you, what he's done good in you and where he's brought you and where he's bringing you to. There's people that just hearing your words, just the stories that you'll tell will automatically encourage them, raise the level that they are and take them to another place. We, we see things, I mean, even like the movie Forrest Gump is about a dude sitting on a park bench that that's handicapped really in who he is, but his stories enthralled the people that sat on the bench next to him, enthralled the whole audience in one of the best-selling movies of forever. Him just telling the stories of his life, what he came through. The people listening to this right now, God's already put the testimony in you. He's put the wisdom in you. He's put the experience in you. Open your mouth and start to share. Let God come out of you in whatever way, and you're going to find yourself teaching, training, and raising people that you didn't even realize you were planning to do yes. just because you opened your mouth and let whatever it was in you start to come out of you. So it's not, it's not that I don't know enough Bible. I haven't, I don't, I, I don't know That's how right. to, it's not. I don't know Hebrew or, or Greek. Uh, I haven't been, you, we, what we know is, is what we need to know. Our experience, our testimony is what I tell people. It says, don't, if you don't know a verse, don't, don't try. That's Just right. tell them what you've been through. Yeah. Tell them where God brought you from. If he healed you, tell somebody sick that they can have faith because of what God did in you. Right. I think there's something there's something that God has placed in us. I'm just I'm just repeating what you said, man, because that's powerful. There's something that God placed in you that somebody else needs to hear. And that's what makes the Bible authentic when it becomes fluid, when it becomes his story, when it becomes the story of the gospel is the story of the experience of Christ, mm -hmm. everything that he went through. And when, when it becomes our story and how God delivered me, mm. and I, nobody can argue with my testimony. Right. I've seen miracles. As a young 20-year-old, when kids my age were out partying and doing crazy stuff, I was traveling through India and Africa with the late, great T.L. Osborne and Watching legs grow out where there were no legs, watching eyeballs pop open where there were no eyeballs. And you can't argue with the things that I have seen, just like the person who's driving down 410 or you may be sitting in your house or sitting at your office. The things that God has delivered you from. Nobody can argue with that. And that's what people need to hear. After Come David right, Dave. defeated Goliath. He walked around, the Bible says, we always read first chapter, first Samuel 17, mm -hmm. but first Samuel 18 is so cool because David walked around with a disgusting bloody head and carried it everywhere he went. And people may have thought it was ugly or disgusting, but to him it was beautiful because it was a story. It was a testimony of how God delivered him. So think of the thing that you face today as you're listening. What have you been through? 
Was it loneliness? Was it divorce? Was it separation? Come on, Dave. Was it attempted suicide? Somebody needs to hear your story. And it's and like Marcus says, you don't need to be a theologian. All you need to do is be legit. All you need to do is be real. All you need to do is be fluid and just tell your story and let God do what he chooses to do as a result. You know, I'm going to take it a little bit further, Dave, because now it becomes a responsibility. Come on. It becomes a responsibility for that next person to make a decision of faith, to be able to receive to, to be able to receive enough faith to believe for their healing, to believe for their salvation, to believe for, for whatever their Goliath is that's mocking them and, and talking trash to them, that that, that that faith that you have is going to encourage that David, Come that on. next David. Come on. There's a David in front of you that's waiting, that's needing that seed of faith. Not a lot, but if I know God healed you, I have faith that he can heal me. And so how would how would you, Warren, as as we as we wrap up today, how would how would you encourage someone to be responsible with their faith, not hold it? You know, a seed that is sitting on on a countertop will do nothing. But if you dare plant that seed in the ground, Mm. who knows how much fruit can come out out of that one seed? How would you encourage someone today? I think right now in in kind of the importance of the time frame we're in this week or two weeks coming up, we have our elections just about to happen. Yeah. And I think it's really important that people walk out their faith by standing um, and, and, and voting their faith, voting their conscience, voting what their beliefs are. Uh, if, if, if you want, if, if you believe abortion is, is wrong and, and that a child's life is important, if you believe that, that, that the, the influence of the body of Christ and the word of God and and the church and believers is important. If you believe those things are important, I think it's right now in this time, man, it's time to stand up and let the faith that you have come forward in, in, in how you even do your vote. You Let your testimony be, hey, I voted according to those people that had a, a, a biblical worldview. I voted according to what Christ was going to be able to do through somebody that was submitted to him rather than somebody that was not. I think that's super important. And if we don't have the testimony that we even got up and voted, that we didn't even get out and put something forward, then I think automatically we're, we're, we're decaying what we've said our influence is in a city. I think that's a basic thing. I think the second thing is whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. First thing, man, the voting things in front of us, that should be an obvious thing right now. As believers, get out and vote for, for candidates that, that we know are, 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 are Bible-believing, that are going to go on a biblical worldview and, and walk solid, something that's going to bless the church going forward and, and being able to, to, to stand as they need to stand. But secondly, after that, man, it might be the clothes that you got in your closet that are sitting there, and, and you know that you're not going to use them. Man, right. get them out and let's put them on somebody else's back. It's your neighbor down the street that needs the grass cut because because their husband because her husband has cancer, yeah. and and you know what they just need somebody that loves them. And all of a sudden, when you know what's happening, you see the high grass and you just push your mower down and start to cut the grass where they are. And they say, "What are you doing this for?" I just wanted to tell you that we loved you and we're supporting. We're behind you. It, it might be working with Sam Shelter or, or the Dream Center downtown that we run or something like that, where you just go. Going out and feeding, clothing, your your passive stuff out. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. Because when they asked Jesus what was most important, mm. 
What are the most important commandments? He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart and then love your neighbor as yourself. As yourself. He said, all the law and all the prophets hang on these two points. Don't tell me you did something righteous if it doesn't fit in this or this. I don't care if they're a homosexual community, a couple. I don't care if it's, a, if, if it's somebody that's an atheist. Uh, I don't care if it's somebody that's agnostic, against the word, satanic, what a Muslim. It doesn't matter. Just love them. Christ will work the rest out. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. And your hand might be finding unbelievers from walks that are totally different to you. And what your hand is supposed to do is reach out to them. Love them. Ain't got to preach at them. Ain't got to scream at them. Ain't got to nothing else. Ain't got to tell them they're in sin. It's just, hey, man, can I help? Can I be this in your life? Today, I, 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 I went a couple weeks ago. Somebody was working on one, of my, on one of my vehicles, and I just sat down and talked to the gentleman. He opened up his life to me and said all these things. I, I just, we had this great talk, great com communication. I had a great time with him. I went back today because something was up in my car, but I didn't want an excuse just to go by and see him. Yeah. I drove by just this morning before I got here, last place I went to. He hopped in the truck, talked to me. We had this great talk once again. I mean, just great talk about life. And he goes, hey, you know, uh, what time's your service on Sunday? <laughs> I said, uh, 10 o'clock. He yeah. said, you're going to see me on Sunday. I ain't been to church in a while, but... You're going to see me on Sunday. Well, Warren, and tell me. Just tell me, loving him. Yes. So now as we wrap up, tell me where your church is. How can I get there? The time of the service. Tell me Tell me about that. Sunday mornings, 10 a.m., uh, uh, 28703 IH10 West in Bernie, not in San Antonio. If you, if you put San Antonio behind that, it'll take you almost to David's house. If you put Bernie behind that, it'll take you a little bit farther down. It's at the Fair Oaks Parkway exit right past Flagstop. If you put Healing Place Church into maps, mm -hmm. it'll bring it right up and take you right to us. 10 a.m. on Sunday morning. Thank you, Pastor Warren. Thank you, David, for coming on AM630, The Word, Church of the Week program. Thank you, guys. God bless you. Blessings. Blessings, guys. Thank you for joining us today as we featured our AM630 The Word Church of the Week. We hope that during this past half hour, you got a chance to know the pastor and learn something about their church. We encourage you to get involved in your local community church. If you'd like to nominate your pastor to be featured on an upcoming Church of the Week program, submit your nominations at am630theword.com.